The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Yeah, Producer Joe's doing good. How about yourself, Dano? Yeah, thanks for your efforts yesterday. Um, Joe and to the audience, the show yesterday did just bonkers numbers. Uh, So (laughs) thank you very much. I deeply appreciate it. Thank Um, you. It was kind of uh, mine and Joe's, our efforts to just inspire everybody to get out there, man, and take on this fight. It's the real deal. Yeah. Got to cross that Rubicon, man. Let's stop pretending it's a boxing match. It's not. This is a fight, and they are in it to win it, the other team. So I appreciate all the nice emails I got about the show. Now, just kind of doubling down a little bit on yesterday's show and some more information, some stuff that broke yesterday, including the wiretapping now of Trump's attorney. Nothing to see here, Joe. Don't worry about yeah. it. The president of the United States personal attorney was wiretapped. Uh, what did you have for lunch? Everything okay? <laughs> I mean, we're in like, we live in the craziest times ever. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to this another angle because I've been getting a lot of emails on the Russian lawyer story because that seems to have gotten lost too. Hey, before you start, yeah, I want to let our listeners know what you're doing and how you're pulling this off from the road. Just real oh. quick. So you're, I'm a little shy about this, but I'll let right. you go There, there he is. He's got something called, in a, in a hotel room doing the show, and he's got something called an RE20 microphone. <laughs> It's broadcast standard. It's one of these huge things that you see like Sean Hannity has. And he's sitting there and he's holding it with his hand. And he's doing Joe the show. Thinks this is, let me just tell you, Joe has been in sound and radio for a long Joe thinks this is super impressive. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think anything of it. I'm like literally holding it by the cable. But Joe, I appreciate your faith in me, brother. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah, you but after the trooper. show- yeah. He's like, this guy, man, he's like, you're so good. You're holding. I'm like, really? I didn't really think anything of it. But yeah, it is kind of awkward holding the mic. So Dan really but, is uh, serious about getting this show out every day. I, Way to I go, mean, Dan. I could have, we could have traveled on the road with a road package. Yeah. You know, but the, the mic stinks. So I, <laughs> folks, literally take my whole studio with me. It's the same mic. It's the same computer. It's the same focus, right? And it stinks. Nice you got to carry the equipment. Yeah, man. But not to pat myself up, but I want to make sure we give you a high-quality show, not some garbage show. Thanks, Dan. Uh, thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Um, today's show brought to you by... You're a good man. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at Filter By. You know what I love about them? They write their own ads. It's spring cleaning time. And like Trump is cleaning out corrupt officials, you can clean up the air you breathe and make your HVAC system great again. And folks, don't procrastinate. Otherwise, dust, mold, and pollutants will clog up your system. It'll become inefficient. It'll end up costing you a whole lot of money. Sounds like the federal government. That's not me ad-libbing. That's their ad. That's why I love these guys. <laughs> clean up your system with my friends at Filter by America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, our buddies at Filter by, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours, plus they're manufactured right here in America. We love Filter by. This company loves being here on the show. We love having them. You got air filters, you got a business, you got a house, please, please, let's start supporting companies that support us. These are your guys, Filter by. I vouch for them. I love having them here. They love being here on the show. They are not afraid of conservative values. They carry over 600 different filter sizes. They manufacture in America, and they love being here. They offer a multitude of Merv options, and you can save 5%. 5% when you set up auto delivery. You'll never need to think about air filters again. Save money. Save time. Support companies that support us. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. All right, jumping right in. Um, just to double down on yesterday's show a little bit with an additional story I didn't have time to fit in yesterday. There was an op-ed in the Washington Post that... I know sometimes I set up these long, elaborate teases that probably drive some of you nuts, 
but I was astonished at the stupidity of it. Now, I know that's saying a lot after yesterday's show, Joe, where we were astonished at the stupidity of the, the, the people attacking the woman who wore a Chinese-themed dress that people thought apparently this was uh, cultural appropriation, which is the dumbest thing um, I've ever heard, considering the fact that people have... I, I mean, if anything, Joe, not to do the story again, but just common sense, because yeah. I was talking to my wife about this yesterday. Isn't finding something with an Asian or Chinese influence or whatever influence, an African influence or whatever it may be, physically attractive enough for you to wear it, that you think it's beautiful enough? In <laughs> You know when people say that term, the olden days? I never quite know what that means, the uh, olden days. Like how old? Yeah. In the <laughs> olden days, that was considered a compliment. I... Today, with liberal social justice warriors, the snowflake crowd, you pathetic monstrosities of human beings, that is the the new rules, because remember yesterday's show, they're not really rules. It's just a way to get you to feel like you, you know, you were bad, you did something wrong, and to get people to attack you as being, you know, a racist or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. They're just making it up. Now, they do this with the language, too. I saw a piece in the Washington Post, Joe. Now, the author's name is Mandy... Stadmiller, I'm not putting the piece in the show notes. I'm not even going to give it the clicks. You're free to look it up on your own. Mandy Stadmiller. Must be stupid if that's what you're doing. It's uh, it's that yes, it's that <laughs> stupid. The the core central tenet of their opinion piece is that if you use the term wifey to talk about your wife, wifey, W I F E Y. That you are insulting your wife and that it's a, it's somehow a, uh, a a term of insult or in a way degrading your wife. Folks, I, I do I call you? I don't call you that, right? I call her Paula. Paula's in the room with me as a recording. I, I don't call my wife wifey. I never have. I don't know any guys who do. Mm-hmm. But Joe, I know people call them. And by the way, calling your wife like babe or honey too, that is also degrading to your wife. Oh. Now- Yes, no, this happened. Folks, listen, I can get into the rage machine. Uh, they're, they're, only full stop, they're imbeciles, okay? This is just the dumbest article ever. The only reason I bring it up is not to insult your intelligence. I bring it up as another example. I was going to talk about it on yesterday's show, and I didn't have time, of what we discussed yesterday. How you think we're in a boxing match, and for them, this is a fight. There's a difference. A fight doesn't have rules. When you're in a street fight, that guy will bite you, he will kick you, he will smash your head off the concrete in a heartbeat if he thinks it's if he thinks his life is at stake. A boxing match has none of that. There are rules, there are a referee. The left is in a fight. We're in a boxing match. You surprised me there. That was very nice. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> they think we are not in a boxing match. What is the difference between the two? What is the difference between a boxing match and a fight? One has a set of rules and one doesn't. The left wants you to believe we are playing by a set of rules so that they don't appear to be in a state of perpetual chaos, which they like. We are not in a set of rules. The rules change. And when rules change, they are not, in fact, rules. How does this relate to the wifey thing? I'm sorry if I'm losing you a little bit, but it's important I set it up that way. I've told you, Joe, gosh, 20, 30 times on this show that the left is engaged in a perpetual war on language. Yeah. They change the terminology. They do this all the time with the LGBT community as well. They change the rules of the language, making them not rules at all, 
to paint people who don't understand or know the changing rules as homophobes, transophobes, um, if it's religion, Islamophobes, whatever it may be. The example I used to give, and I'm going to change this now to the wifey example because this is just perfect. I had read a piece a long time ago that you're not supposed to call people who are uh, homosexual gay or you're not supposed to call people who are gay homosexual. Honestly, I still don't know what it was, which order. All I know is that I read in the piece that if you do that, you're, you're insensitive and you don't, you don't understand gay people and you could be a homophobe. And I thought to myself, Joe, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that's literally insane. I know people who have no hate in their heart towards anyone. Matter of fact, forget about hate. They have no ill will. And when they talk about people who are attracted to people of the same sex, they call them homosexual. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, oh, you have to call them gay. You didn't know that? Oh. And I, I, candidly, folks, I, I don't know which it was. If you weren't supposed to call him gay or you weren't supposed to call him homosexual, I don't know. I have no hatred in my heart for anybody. You saying otherwise makes an, makes an ass out of you, not me. I'm not justifying myself to you. I don't do testimonials. I don't need to because I know my heart is pure on this. But that article reminded me of why that's important for the left. The left has a really hard time finding real legitimate examples of systemic conservative bias against groups they want to defend. Let me repeat that. The modern left has a very difficult time finding actual real-world examples of the racism, homophobia, transophobia, and Islamophobia that they say, Joe, is so rampant that only the left can protect you against those Republicans. Uh, Let me just be crystal clear again for Mm -hmm. the idiots at Media Matters who listen to the show. I am not suggesting that homophobia, transophobia, or racism, or whatever misogyny does not exist. I am not suggesting that at all. I'm simply suggesting to you that in order to move massive numbers of people, Joseph, big numbers of people to vote in your direction from minority groups in an identity politics strategy, You can only get big numbers of people to move if you convince them that they are under attack by equally big numbers of people. All right. Does that make sense, Daddy-O? Yeah, yeah. The last part cleared it up good. Yeah. In order to do that, if you don't have massive systemic racism, in other words, that this is they're under attack everywhere if you're black or Hispanic, anti-immigrant, that immigrants are under attack everywhere. Um, you know, Islamophobia, that uh, Muslims are under attack everywhere. If you don't have that, and what you have are isolated examples of stupidity, which again, do exist. Isolated examples of stupidity and malignant behavior do not move mass numbers of people to vote to take power. They don't. You have to fabricate it. How do they fabricate it? They fabricate it by constantly seeking out new victims. How do they get new victims? They make it up. They make it up with the Chinese-themed dress. Folks, people have worn Asian-inspired fashion forever. It was never an issue because it isn't an issue. The left needs to move people, Asian voters, black voters, Hispanic voters, any minority group into their camp to say, look, we're protecting you against these evil conservatives that hate you. Here's an example of how much they hate you. They stole your culture. Look at what she did. Mm -hmm. This was never an issue before. Now, how does this apply to this wifey story? 
this lady, I, I believe Mandy Stadmiller has to know in her head the, her writing is beyond ridiculous, childish, it's immature, um, it's just plain stupid. Not the end of that sentence. She has to know that. If not, she's dumber than we think. But Mandy, as an obedient far leftist and a thought policer, she has to fabricate new victims amongst women. Why, Joe? Because you've been told, women in general, that Donald Trump is coming for you. That's right. That he hates women. Mm -hmm. That he's a misogynist. Yet women out there are getting jobs. The economy's going well. I mean, listen, I'm an adv- a strong advocate, pro-life, conception, and natural death. But even there, even the leftists who are, who are pro-aborts, there's, you know, they, they, there's no constitutional amendment against, I wish there were, against abortion. But they don't have any kind of a mass rallying cry for women. So what do they do, Joe? They have to create new victims. So who's the victim now? The woman at home reading this Washington Post piece goes, oh, my, my husband? My husband calls me honey. Am I a victim of misogyny too? <laughs> I better vote liberal, vote Democrat, Joe, because they're the ones that are going to protect me against these evil Republicans. Do you see the battle plan? The endless fabrication of new victims and new incidents. Now, this is why the rules keep changing. The rules keep changing because there are no rules. The rules are constantly create a new class of victims no matter what. If you called someone gay yesterday and the new word today is homosexual, you are homophobic. You may not, keep in mind, folks, you may have not even heard, I'm using the air quotes here, that this is the new rule. Because it's not a rule. They're making it up. If you called your wife, wifey, two days ago before this op-ed was published or whenever it was published, you are now a misogynist two days later because you didn't hear the new rule, wifey's bad. They keep making it up. Do you understand that this is the very essence of political correctness? Please, I'm begging you. Understand that this is the essence of political correctness. This is what they do. They create a red line. They say, don't cross this. You cross this red line, you're a racist or a misogynist. Now, the red line should be based in common sense. I mean, Joe, let's let's do some... Com- I really didn't... But, uh, folks, I have to spend some time on this. Forgive me. It's really important. Yeah, man. Common sense people all understand what that red line is. Mm-hmm. Don't attack someone based on their skin color, obviously not physically, but verbally or anything else. Don't judge someone, prejudge someone based on their skin color. Don't use harsh and disgusting language against people who are minorities. You all know the slang. We're not repeating it on my show. Give people a fair shot. Love your neighbors. You love yourself. We understand that those are the red lines. When you cross that, you start using um, you know, nasty terminology for minority folks, nasty terminology for people who are gay, whatever it may be. I think we all understand that those are pretty clear-cut, real-world examples of you to prejudging people on characteristics that have nothing to do with their character. That's accurate. Understood? Mm-hmm. What's the problem with that red line? Under that red line, the Republican Party looks pretty darn good. I'm talking about the good ones, not the frauds, and there are a lot of frauds. Under that red line, Joe, people say, well, the Republican Party stands for liberty. Real liberty, folks. This isn't like a talking point. The ability to spend your own money, 
the ability to pick your kid's school, the ability to pick your own health care. Joe, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good if you're black, Hispanic, mm-hmm. gay, female. Doesn't sound like a bad agenda to me. Everybody's welcome. Every, you're darn right, brother. Mm-hmm. That's the red line. That red line doesn't work for Democrats because they don't have anything to sell you other than we're going to protect you against the evil Republicans. Now, how do they make the Republicans evil if the Republican agenda works for people who are gay and people who are the female and people who are black and Hispanic? They move the red line. And when you move a red line, Joe, it's not a red line. It is a discretionary tactic to paint an increasingly large number of people as horrible, awful people that the Democrats and the liberals are going to protect you against. I'm asking you, please, to be a free thinker on this. This is why yesterday I said with the Kanye thing Joe brought up, I'm not getting into it. I don't really care. I, 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 I don't know the guy. I'm not here to judge what I'm just here to tell you this. What is freaking out the liberals about the Kanye West story is not his position on guns, which is very good. And yeah, he's not conservative on this stuff. What's freaking them out, Joe, is he starts to question the red line. Well, where is the red line? Why is it that I can't say this on the other side of a red line you created, but it was a different red line the other day? In other words, Kanye is saying, are these the rules of speech? Because they weren't the rules when I grew up. The story is more important. And I get it. I I can't say this. I'm not aligning with anyone. I don't know them. We don't have any sponsorship arrangements. I'm not into the story doesn't really interest me that much, but it was important that Joe brought it up yesterday. Because it was a very seismic cultural shift. Even if this guy turns out later, Joe, to be a huge lib and this is all a scam. Sure. This was a seismic shift. How? Because unlike some other folks out there, we do facts and data. We try. Of course, the show's opinion base. But I saw a fascinating piece at the Daily Caller, which is in the show notes today, that you are not going to want to miss. That I tweeted out yesterday. And got retweeted multiple times. A lot. There's a story in the Daily Caller that terrifies liberals. What is it, Joe? Hmm. Black male approval of President Donald Trump just in the last two weeks. Coincidentally, right around the time of the Kanye tweet. Black male approval of Donald Trump has gone up from 11 to 22%. (laughs) You're damn right. You are damn right. <laughs> that terrifies the liberals. Why? Wow. 11 to 22% Whoa, black male approval. Overall approval amongst black voters, 9 to 16.5%. Folks, do not for a second underestimate the power of the culture. Andrew Breitbart, God rest the man's soul, said politics is downstream of culture. He was absolutely right. We will never change the political environment until people like Kanye West, who may not be friends. But I know this, he's not our enemy, at least now. And I know this, if you're going to tell me that blackmail approval in just the last two weeks for Donald Trump, is it, read the Daily Caller piece in the show notes if you think I'm messing with you, has doubled and it had nothing to do with Kanye West, you're delirious. Sooner or later, somebody has to make it safe to say, What's on the other side of that red line you've told me? I thought you told me people on the other side of that red line were evil. But the more I talk to them and the more I meet them, they don't sound so crazy to me. Kanye West tweeted some words from the great Thomas Sowell. 
the greatest economic mind of, of, of at least I've ever read when it comes to making it relatable. I'm not talking about econometrics and other stuff. A black male conservative. Thomas Sowell's greatest line, Joe, Dave Rubin from the Rubin Report asked him, because he was a liberal growing up. Mm-hmm. He said, Mr. Sowell, what changed your mind? You know what Sowell said? Facts. <laughs> <laughs> greatest line ever. You have Kanye West tweeting out quotes by one of the greatest conservative thinkers of our time, who also happens to be black. Ladies and gentlemen, these are important, critical moments. This is how we fight back. That's why I don't like it when people are taking shots. Listen, again, for the thousandth time, Kanye may not be our friend yet, but at least right now he's not our enemy. And we have to be tactically savvy enough to see an opportunity when it's right in front of our face. It is very, very important. All right, I got a lot of other stuff to get to. Uh, Today's show also brought to you, but we love these guys. They rewrote some of their ads, and this is terrific. Thanks, by the way, to everyone who supports our sponsors. I've said to you before that, unfortunately, we're moving into conservative and liberal economies now. You have liberals that just keep attacking us in the business world and the Second Amendment issue and other things. It's really important that we support companies that stand with us. And I, I obviously have a vested interest in saying this. These are my sponsors, but I'm telling you these are good companies. We have had to scrap other sponsors, unfortunately, who uh, are not with us. We the People Holsters, we love these guys. Second Amendment lovers, you know May is the month of the NRA annual meetings and exhibits. How do I know that? I'm here right now. Are you attending? If you're here, if you come say hello, if you are, by the way, show your support with a custom holster from We The People Holsters. I love these guys. They sent me a free sample. It's one of the coolest things I've ever gotten. We The People Holsters are custom-made holsters. They're made right here in the USA. They design their own holsters in-house. They don't use any third-party molds for their holsters. They design them right in Las Vegas. They cut every mold to fit each gun perfectly. They update the designs as they change. They add new designs every month, and it lets them stay up to date on new models that come out. They have models for women, models for men. It is the coolest company. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. So when they say their holsters are custom fit with a tight fit, they meet it. They have their own molds. They do their own stuff. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride for that perfect fit. They even design their own clip. The clip on the holster that fits to the belt. It is amazing. It's four holes on the clip that match up with four on the holster. So you can change the cant and you can change it while adjusting the ride. Adjustable tension. Each holster will have that click sound. We love that sound. You know your firearms secured. We like that. If you want more tension, tighten one screw and you're done. Custom printed designs, new designs that come out all the time. They have thin blue line, thin red line. They have models for women, Constitution, camo, an American flag. All new designs coming out each month. The prices start at just $34. It comes with a lifetime guarantee and every holster ships free. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund. It's a great company. Show them our support. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. We. The people, holsters.com slash Dan. Yeah, and if you use promo code Dan, D-A-N, you'll get $10 off. That means it's only 24 bucks. Can't beat it. We the people, holsters.com. Um, at the NRA convention, by the way, a lot of great people are here. I'm getting, uh, I'm kind of uh, humbled by all the support. It's very nice when people come up to me and tell me they listen to the show. All so right. you got a lot of fans here too, Joe. Oh, cool. Thanks. Just so you know. Yeah, everybody loves Hey, everybody. Hey, one quick note, by the way, too, please. I'm humbly imploring you, Life, Liberty, and Levin. I will be on the show with Mark Levin, Fox News. 
this Fox News channel this coming Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. I taped the show with Joe DeGeneva. Paula, how good was it? <laughs> she said, Joe, I wouldn't mess with you. Me and Joe DeGeneva and Levin absolutely tore it up. It's on the Russia probe. We get into some legal stuff, some of the genesis, the investigation, the attack on the democracy. Do not miss it. 10 p.m. Do Mark proud. He's really... he. He loves having me on. We love talking. He's become a close personal friend, but I want the ratings to be through the roof. You'd be doing me a huge favor. Yeah, man. If you can't watch it live, DVR it, watch it the next day. Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Fox News Channel. Me, Joe DeGeneva, and Mark Levin. I just taped it. You will not be disappointed. I promise you. I'll give you one quick hint. I'm not supposed to say it, but what? There's one part where Mark said, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. There's one part of the show where he asks me about Congress as as it relates to the Russia thing, Joe. Like, listen, how long are we going to let this witch hunt go on? Folks, (laughs) it is epic, the response. I know self-praise stinks. Watch it. You will not be disappointed. Matter of fact, one of the producers comes up to me who I know from CRTV, and he's like, dude, that was awesome. So check it out. Don't miss it. Okay. I'm actually uh, like crying right now because it was uh, I was laughing so hard after the response. I see that. So yeah, it was it was that good. Uh, you know, we keep talking about this culture war, and again, another story that was in line in what we've been talking about with the wifey thing and the red line that keeps changing and the Chinese dress and Kanye. If you're a regular listener, you probably heard the piece we did on Facebook um, a little while ago, just to give you a little background on it. Facebook with the Cambridge Analytica thing, the story a few weeks ago was that the Donald Trump team had leveraged Facebook data to get votes. Now, you may say, who cares? What's the story exactly? There wasn't a story. Obama did the same thing. But because it's Trump, and again, there are no rules anymore, folks. The red line keeps moving. The story was that Donald Trump and Facebook had somehow like manipulated the election. It was a dumb story. It was an irrelevant story. Obama used Facebook for far worse, and the Trump team didn't even use it in the general election. Um, doesn't matter. The media just makes it up anyway. They created this whole big story about Facebook. You, many of you are probably familiar with the uproar. I covered it on my show. The company they had worked with, the Trump team, by the way, was Cambridge Analytica. Right. Cambridge Analytica is now... Uh, going out of business. Um, I don't know if they even did anything wrong. Um, I just know that the liberals are tyrants. They're police state tyrants. And they found an opportunity to leverage a political cause to get votes. And so they figured Facebook users would be a good victim class. So they said, hey, look what Trump did. He used Facebook. Uh, You guys have all been victimized. We hate this company. And now the company is going out of business because that's what police state tyrants do. Mm -hmm. Now, on Facebook... I want you to always remember that you are the product. You are being sold on Facebook. I hope you all understand that. You own Facebook. You may not reap the proceeds from it financially in some respects, but you own Facebook. The content on Facebook is yours. You know, Facebook is like a movie. The movie, if nobody shows up for the movie, you know, (laughs) there's nothing to see. The movie, they're not going to make another movie like that again. If no one shows up on Facebook and stops posting, there is nothing to sell. That's what they're selling. They're selling you. They're selling the fact that you took a picture at Disney World and you put it on Facebook. You are the product. 
Now, it, when you know that in a free market, it's not a big deal, Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on Facebook. I don't like Facebook a lot. I've been cutting down my posting for a whole other reason. That's another show. We've already talked about that. But you are the product on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Your information is being sold to companies who want access to the fact that Joe Armacost goes to Disney World. Mm. There's a thing in business, and it's not a business class, and I'm not trying to sound overly wonky or smart with you, but there's a principle in business you know, called the customer acquisition cost. What does it cost a company to acquire you as a customer? Whether that company's Disney World, um, you know, a beer company, there is a cost to advertise and get you to be one of their customers. Facebook tries to minimize that customer acquisition cost by you voluntarily, Joseph, giving the data. You, you're tracking me, right? Yeah, yeah. We're like, cool. Joe and I are interested in sound equipment. Joe sees stuff all the time. Hey, Dan, check out this mic or this mixer or whatever. Mm-hmm. If Joe starts searching on the internet, Google sells that information, and then what happens? The next day, it's not random. What happens? A RE20 microphone sends an advertisement to Joe on Google. Hey, Joe, look at this. 10% off RE20 microphones. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah, I don't have an issue with this. I understand that me surfing the internet, someone has to pay for it, and I'm paying for it with my information. I limit what I do in some respects. Why is this important, and how does this relate to this culture war and these constantly moving red lines and the lack of rules? When the uproar about Donald Trump's use of Facebook turned into a national catastrophe, which is I'm saying it sarcastically, because the liberals, oh, oh my gosh, Trump used Facebook. I said to you, I called it three weeks ago. Not a pat on the back, just a fact. I said, guys, ladies, Facebook wants government regulation. A lot of people out there, of liberals and some conservatives, were like, no, Facebook, they're terrified of this. They're... What did I tell you, Joe? Yeah, I, I remember said, the show. Yeah. Yes, you remember the show? Yep. I said, I'm telling you right now, this is a bunch of hack liberals in this company. I'll put an article in the show notes today from Breitbart's from a little while ago listing out the prominent Obama administration officials who were in management positions at Facebook. Take a little note to put that in. There. I remember when you said it, I went, mm. Yeah. To me. I know. And, you know, to yeah, myself. You, you, mm. I think you kind of didn't dig it either. Now mm. I'm going to update you on this story and now you're going to take your um back. <laughs> you're going to be like, Dan, you were right again. So Facebook is stacked full of former Obama big government czars who now work at Facebook. I said to you, they want government regulation. Why? Because they want conservatives off their space. Why do they want conservatives off their space? You just said you are the product. Why get rid of 40% of people? Because Facebook understands what Hollywood and the entertainment community understands as well, that it is no longer safe to be an open forum for conservatives. Conservatives bring with them ideas the left finds dangerous to their political strategy. Freedom, liberty, the right to protect yourself. These ideas are in direct conflict with the leftist worldview that the government will dictate to you your self-protection rights, which is you won't have them. The government will dictate to you what to do with your money. The government will dictate to you what you'll do with your health care. And the government will tell you where to send your kids. They have demonized Republicans forever and changed that red line to get them to look like racists to avoid the fact that these are ideas that are generally popular. Think about what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to focus on things like economic liberty and healthcare liberty and education liberty, choice in these matters, real tangible things, Joe. It's not a joke. Yeah, I'm with you. What they want you to focus on is, you see those guys that are talking about that liberty stuff? 
they're all racist. Every one of them. Mm-hmm. And what happens? The message is lost. Mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah. absolutely, critically, and the leftists at Facebook and that Obama team in there understand this. Facebook understands there is a better avenue for commercial success and safety, Joe, being protected almost exclusively by the government and regulations. My wife's alarm going off. There you go. Thank you, Paula. They understand that there's the only, this is why Hollywood continues to alienate 40% of its audience. Because they understand, Joe, that they may take a small hit. Mm -hmm. A small hit each day. Because remember, not one of us, if we stop going to movies, is going to put Hollywood out of business. But they understand that over time, the safest place to be is to be protected by the United States government through regulation. And the way to stay protected by the United States government through regulation and to keep competitors out, Joe, is to do what? Is to attack conservatives. Okay. Facebook would rather be the only player on the block making less money than one of many players on the block making more. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does, yeah. And they understand very well, Facebook, that the only way to be the only player on the block is to be able to abide by a series of regulations the government institutes that only Facebook has the legal ability to comply with. Is that confusing at all? I don't think so. Not No, it, it, you, you explained it all the way through. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Re- remember Joe's t-shirt company, mm-hmm. right? I haven't brought that up at all. Joe, Joe has this t-shirt company. Mm-hmm. Joe understands that the biggest danger to Joe is another t-shirt company that comes in and makes t-shirts. Joe makes $50,000 a year. If Joe had two choices, Joe, you can make 60 a year or you're going to compete for the rest of your life and pray your business stays alive, right? Mm-hmm. Or Joe, you're going to make 45 and we're going to wipe out all your competitors by putting in regulations only you can comply with and they can't. What's your choice? I'm going with the sure thing, daddy-o. You're damn right you're going with the sure thing. People are natural avoiders of risk. You bet. Facebook wants to be regulated. How do they want to be regulated? They want conservatives out of there because conservatives bring with them ideas that are uncomfortable to the left that will continue to boycott them, that will continue to attack them. Facebook does not want your content on there. That's why I'm only posting a few times a week now. How are they going to do it? Because it doesn't do me any good to, to, to talk about this stuff and drone on about it if I don't give you the mechanics of it. I had said to you a few weeks ago, what they're going to do is they're going to take advantage of the Communications Decency Act. Ah. What is the Communications Decency Act? The Communications Decency Act has a section in it that it's almost like a safe harbor provision, Joe. And it basically says that Facebook is not responsible for the content posted on its site. So if someone were to put up, say... We're selling drugs on Facebook. Facebook's going to do its best to get that down, but they're not responsible if someone buys the drugs and ODs on it. Right. Because their thing is, hey, we're not a publisher. We're just an open forum. Mm-hmm. Now, the New York Times, which the publisher can't, you know, if they write an op-ed, go take drugs or go kill someone, and someone does it, then yes, they'll be legally responsible because they're advocates and they're publishers. Facebook's forum is, hey, we're hands-off. This is an open forum. We're not content, pub-, which is not right, by the way, but it's a whole other story. But I had said to you that there was a carve-out in Section 230. The carve-out is fascinating. The carve-out that they just kind of uh, literally carved out is for child sex trafficking and things like that. And I had said to you that they're going to look to expand this into 
like a hate speech type thing. That once Section 230 and the government, Joe, which they haven't done yet, mm-hmm. but starts legislating hate speech like they're doing in Europe right now, what is going to happen? Who's going to be the hate speech, Joe? You think it's going to be liberals? Are you looking at one? Yeah, damn, you're look, you're, it's just going to be us. Yeah. Me and Joe Armacost will be next. You saw me. They will say, look oh, at the Dan Bongino show. Mm. Talking about liberty and freedom and gun rights, that's hate speech. You can't host them on, on iTunes or whatever. Mm. You, do, let me footnote Rush. Don't doubt me. That's Rush's line, but I love it. Now, from an article, BuzzFeed, which is a left-leaning outlet, but this is a piece. You know I do this rarely, Joe, but when I put a piece from BuzzFeed or a left-leaning outlet, trust me, it's worth reading. Yeah. I'll quote to you from the piece. This is about Mark Zuckerberg. This is just from a couple days ago to show you I was not making that up. I had some good sourcing on it that this is exactly what liberals are looking to do. Zuckerberg also seemed resigned to change his show to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Was this not like Karnak or what? (laughs) I told you it was going to happen. Which protects tech companies from being prosecuted for the content on their servers, such as pornography or libelous comments that users might create or upload. They don't have a responsibility to take it down. This safe harbor protection has traditionally been a third rail or red line for the tech giants. Mm-hmm. In other words, they loved it in the past. Listen, listen to this. This is a quote from Zuckerberg. This is still, I'm still quoting the piece here. If we didn't have that, Section 230, I wouldn't have been able to start Facebook, he said. But noting that due to tools like artificial intelligence and the ability to hire thousands of human moderators has changed the company and the industry's ability to control what's on their systems. We're in a different place now. Folks, what else? (laughs) Again, showing you I'm not making this stuff up. I assure you this is said out of no sense of like, hey, look at me. From uh, This is from Tyler O'Neill, PJ Media piece, May 1st, 2018, from a few days ago. Facebook asks on every post, is this hate speech? (laughs) Did you see this story? Uh Uh-uh. Folks, you think I'm messing with you? Facebook let slip a what beta type program. It went out to everyone. It wasn't supposed to. Okay. Where if a post showed up on your feed to certain viewers of Facebook, you were getting a box that says, literally, is this hate speech? Now, Joe, what do you think is going to happen knowing the liberal boycott brigade and how they go? Let's say, oh, you've already been spammed on Facebook. Yeah. Meaning they, they show in our con- Facebook, which I can't stand anymore. They showed our content as spam, which it is obviously not. We post one podcast a day. We're certainly not spamming you. What do you think is going to happen next, Joe? So uh, in the interest of time, because mm-hmm. I could go back and forth all day on this and I have some other stuff I want to get to. Facebook is going to eventually go along with a hate speech law. In order to comply with the hate speech law, Facebook is one of the few companies that has the artificial intelligence capabilities and legal capabilities to make sure that those hate speech laws that Congress and the liberals are looking to enact affect who, Joe? Conservatives. You bet. And it's going to be done by things like this. Is this hate speech? And what do you think liberals are going to click every time? Yes. Except when it's NPR. Is this hate speech? Hell no. This is fine. Joe, does that make sense what I'm telling you? Yeah. This is, it's not a big conspiracy theory. It's not some, uh, you know, fantastical, otherworldly story I'm bringing you. I'm just telling you what's happening right now. 
I just quoted to you Zuckerberg. I told you about Section 230, how the first carve out is going to be for things like child sex trafficking, where everybody's on board. It's going to be hate speech next. Once Facebook has the legal protection to go after what they call hate speech. Why do they have legal protection? Because there'll be a law that's coming just like it is in Europe. Facebook will put up little questions like this. Is this hate speech? And what do liberals do? Liberals will see the bat signal go up. They will start clicking all the conservative content is hate speech and your butt will be effectively censored off Facebook. Bank on it. Take that check to the bank and cash it because it is happening. No question about it. All right, man, I got all right. I got a lot more to get to this. <laughs> we haven't seen these guys in a while, but this is one of my favorite sponsors. Hey, um, you know, a lot of you are married out there and. If you're a guy and you got a guy friend, or if you're a a, a, a wife, a wifey, yeah. wifey, yeah. Uh, to although Mandy will think that was horrible, Mandy Stadmiller, you're a wifey and you have a, a husband out there. You all know this. Guys are really awful to buy gifts for. They are. I'm like the worst. Unless it's like a gun or a Ford Raptor, it's really tough to buy me gifts. My poor wife. You want to get a tie? I mean, who wants that, right? It's really tough. But buying gifts for guys shouldn't be that hard. By the way, you all do the right thing. Do the right thing by this company. They, every time we read for them, their sales go crazy. So most people, I'm not kidding, spend too much time and energy shopping for something. Your guy, friend or spouse or boyfriend or whatever already has or doesn't want. Mancrates.com gets rid of all the guessing with hand-picked and packaged gifts guys are guaranteed to love. Let me just tell you my favorite, the salami bouquet. I love it. You can't beat this. I don't want a bouquet of flowers. I want a salami bouquet. I eat the hell out of that thing, the salami bouquet. Birthdays, thank you. Special occasions, don't sweat it. Man Crates has gifts for every type of guy. Here's another doozy. Like the adventurous knife-making kit for the hands-on guy. Or the whiskey appreciation crate for the classy fellas. Joe, you and I could have that. A little whiskey. What do you think? One night we'll get together. We'll break into that whiskey appreciation crate. (laughs) <laughs> most gifts shield, see, uh, ship excuse me, in a sealed wooden crate but it comes with a crowbar you hammer the snot out of that wooden crate I opened it in 7 minutes tell me if you can do better it's great so he gets to pry it open himself literally they're not making this up pry that sucker open with man crates not only giving a brag worthy gift you're giving a totally unique experience when has he ever had to use a crowbar to open a gift? It's great. I keep the crowbar. It really works, the crowbar. It's not like a made-up plastic. It's a real crowbar. Mm-hmm. Plus, every man crate comes with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And right now, you'll get a special discount at mancrates.com slash Dan. That's mancrates, C-R-A-T-E-S, mancrates.com slash Dan. Folks, this is a limited time offer. Get your special discount today, mancrates.com slash Dan right now. That's mancrates.com slash Dan. You will not be disappointed. Neither will your ombre out there. Your friend, boyfriend, spouse, you will love it. It's really good stuff. It's so cool. Try that salami bouquet. It's only the greatest thing ever invented in human history. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only half kidding. It's that good. The salami's good, too. I eat that stuff. Okay. Uh, Let's see. What do we do next? Oh, this is important. So on the Mueller case, there's a couple of things going on here right now. Um, I kind of hit him on life, liberty, and Levin, but I want to make sure I put this out there because I don't, I kind of rush this and forgive me, folks, it's my fault. You're my audience. You mean the world to me. And we don't really have a hard timeline, but the other day at the end of the show, I really had to get out for a thing. And the show was like an hour. We were going to go way over. And I did you a disservice by rushing a bit. 
a very important topic, and I just want to spend some time on it here because something happened, and there's a strategic purpose to it, and I think I left it out. I'm talking specifically about the leak of the Bob Mueller questions for the Trump team. This is important. There's some various theories out there about what happened. Here's the the, the 30,000 foot. Bob Mueller, the special counsel assigned to investigate and basically witch hunt Donald Trump, this farcical, nonsensical investigation. Bob Mueller should have been fired a long time ago. Some questions Mueller has for Trump leaked out. The questions are absurd. What were you thinking when you fired Jim Cole? What was I thinking? I don't know. I was thinking about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. What kind of stupid question is that? The questions are ridiculous. A lot of them are about Manafort. What were you thinking when you spoke about Mike Flint? These are these are presidential deliberations questions, Joe, mm-hmm. which are clearly not the purview of Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller is not the president of the United States. Now, the president of the United States is not above the law, but the president of the United States is certainly free, according to the Constitution, Joe, to act like the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Newsflash, firing Director Comey is perfectly within the president's constitutional authority. Now, you may object to the reasons, but insinuating somehow that this is some constitutional usurpation is your evidence of your idiocy, nothing else. I'm serious. Why am I bringing this up? Some people thought, I've heard this out there, I I disagree. They've said, well, these were leaks by the Trump team, by people in Trump's legal orbit who were trying to scare off Trump from interviews with Mueller. In other words, Joe, if I were your lawyer mm-hmm. and I'm giving you legal advice, Joe, and I say, Joe, please don't talk to Bob Mueller. Okay. It's a bad move. Mm-hmm. You're ignoring me because you're, you know, you and me are both hard heads. You're like, Dan, I got this. I can outsmart this lawyer. Right. One of the theories, they may be right, um, but I'm, I'll just wink and nod with you. I'm not so sure. One of the theories out there is someone, I'm your lawyer, Joe, some friend of mine leaked the questions so that you would see them. And then I could go to you and go, see, look what they're trying to do, Joe. I told you not to talk to them. Right, right, right. I'm not sure, folks. Let me tell you my theory on what's happening here. And have I ever steered you wrong in this Russian case? If I'm wrong later, I'll correct it. But I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. I don't believe these questions were leaked by friends of the president. Let's leave it at that. If they came from his legal team or not, let me tell you that part up front. They were not leaked by friends of the president. I believe they were leaked for a reason. And the reason they were leaked is because Bob Mueller wants the president to take him to court. You may say, come on, Dan, that's crazy. The heck does Bob Mueller just wants to sit down with the president and get him in a perjury trap? Yeah, he does. He does. Absolutely. But Bob Mueller or someone who's not a friend to the president. Someone leaked those questions, I believe, to create a win-win situation for the Mueller team. Now, I can see by the angle of Joe's head as he's canting his head that he has no idea what I'm talking about, which is fine because I was setting it up this way purposely. Here's the win-win. Here's win one, Joe. All right. Win one is you put the questions out there in advance. The questions keep the attention on Manafort. They keep the attention on Trump-Russia you know, collusion that didn't happen. They keep the attention on Mike Flynn and they keep the attention away from what? The Obamagate spying 
and the Hillary Clinton scandals, which I've told you from the start is the entire purpose of the Mueller investigation. Let me be clear on this again. The only purpose of the Bob Mueller special counsel is not to find collusion because it didn't happen. The purpose of the this entire scandal, Joseph, is to keep the attention on Donald Trump so you don't look at the potential crimes Hillary's team and Obama's team committed in implicating Trump in a fake collusion scandal. Mm-hmm. These questions do that. They came out, and this is, I did say this the other day, so, but it's important for the setup. I believe the purpose of the questions was to keep the attention on them because the House report came out uh, on the Russian collusion, air quotes, and showed there was none. So, what better way to keep the attention back on Trump, Joe, than to leak the questions? Okay. That's win number one. All right. Leak the questions, keep the attention on Trump. And by the way, if Trump comes in for an interview, Great. Then we get him in a perjury trap because there was something very, very strategic about those questions. Go look at them. When I was a Secret Service agent, we used to go to the Reed interrogation and interview school. And one of the things in interrogation and interview school they teach you, Joe, is never ask close-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Here's a close-ended question versus an open-ended one. Just answer honestly, Joe. Sure. Is your name Joseph Armacost? Yes. Open-ended question. What's your name? Uh, Joe uh, Armacost. <laughs> What's the difference between those two? You may doubt it. You can continue down that road, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Let's say I have you in an identity theft case. Who told you? And you're <laughs> pretending to be Joey Bag of Donuts. Oh, now. Now, you want to get out of it. Now, if you stole his identity, you want people to believe you're really Joey Bag of Donuts, even though you're Joe Armacost. Uh-huh. Because if you admit you're not Joey Bag of Donuts, you're admitting you stole his identity. I get you in an interview. I say to you, are you Joey Bag of Donuts? By using a closed-ended question, Joe knows he pretended to be Joey Bag of Donuts. Why? Because he committed identity theft. He was there when he stole a guy's identity. Mm -hmm. What does he do? Joe says, yes, I'm Joey Bag of Donuts, even though he's not. What's the difference? (laughs) That's how he would say it. What's the difference with an open-ended question? The opportunity to Joe, for Joe to trip up, mm-hmm. increases geometrically. Hey, what's your name? Uh, it's Joe Armacost. I, I mean Joey Bag of Donuts. I gotcha, bingo. By asking a closed-ended question, are you Joey Bag of Donuts? I've given you the answer. Look at the questions Mueller designed. They are strategically elegant. I don't, res- I don't respect what the man's doing. But you'd be a fool not to respect the tactics. They're open-ended, Joe. Uh, How did you feel when you fired Jim Comey? What should the question really be if they were interested in an answer? Did you fire Jim Comey? Yes. Did you fire Jim Comey because of the Russia probe? Uh, Yes, I fired him. No, I didn't. Thanks. Have a nice day. That's not what they asked. They asked, what were you thinking when you fired Jim Comey? Knowing Trump is what? A talker. Scenario number one, Mm -hmm. they keep the attention on Trump. He agrees to the interview. They get him in a perjury trap. We got him. Scenario number two, leak the questions, knowing Trump's going to be pissed off, which he was on Twitter, knowing what's going to happen, Joe. They are likely now going to take this to the Supreme Court, and they are going to say this is a usurpation of presidential power. That questioning the president's decision for making a constitutional decision to terminate the employment of someone under his jurisdiction in the executive branch 
is a usurpation of his power. Secondly, they're probably going to take the, the case. Let me get into this again on Levin's show on Sunday night. They could also take it to court and say, hey, this is there's an executive privilege here. The president's internal thinking and his deliberations are the purview of the executive branch. This is not the business of Bob Mueller. There'll be some legal argument along those lines. Now, right now you're probably thinking, because I can tell again by the angle of Joe's head. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what's the win? We get it on the first one, Mm -hmm. the perjury trap, and you keep the attention. What's the win here? Why would the president taking Bob Mueller to court matter? They got nothing, Joe. They've got nothing on the collusion front. Did you see the revelation by Paul Manafort's attorney that broke, was it yesterday? I'll try to hunt that down for the show notes. Let me just uh, take a note on that, Manafort. Manafort's attorney had a Freedom of Information Act kind of lawsuit where we're, you know, let's see what you got. Manafort's attorney put out a statement that is devastating. I'm not vouching for Manafort. Don't know him. He probably had some deals with Ukraine that he's going to have to answer for later. But what was fascinating about Manafort, Joe, is Manafort's attorney puts out a statement saying they have nothing. They have not produced one piece of evidence for us about a conversation with Russians, anything that indicates collusion. Mm. Understand what happened here. Manafort took Mueller to court saying your assignment, you got to be the audience ombudsman here, Joe. Your assignment as a special counsel was to investigate Russian collusion. Mm -hmm. You found me, Paul Manafort, you found me on a mandate to investigate Russian collusion. Not to track me down for money laundering and other stuff. Manafort sued him on that front. In the evidence disclosures that came about, which are mandatory anyway, Brady type stuff, Manafort's lawyer recently puts out a statement saying there is zero evidence here of any conversations or any untoward stuff with, with these Russians that they're alleging. Therefore, Mueller is outside of his lane. You see what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about, Joe? Yeah. They have nothing. They got nothing. Zip. So why go to court? Joe, a Supreme Court case. What does that do? It keeps the attention again. On what? On the Trump. They have nothing. They are doing everything in their power, folks, to never, ever wrap this investigation up. Look at some of the things there. They are getting so desperate. A story in the Daily Caller. I'll put it in the show notes today. They wiretapped Trump's attorney, folks. They wiretapped his attorney, Michael Cohen. We have now forfeited our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment rights. Any attorney-client privilege you had is all out the window in the left's rabid, disgusting, ferocious, uh, grotesque efforts to take down Donald Trump because they could not win an election. It is all going down the tubes all at once. They have nothing. Mueller needs to keep this case going, Joseph, for as long as humanly possible. He can't stop. They want to be sued in the Supreme Court. Supreme Court will take deliberations. It will take time. It keeps the Mueller probe going. It keeps the headlines. Trump, Supreme Court, Russian collusion. Trump, Mueller, Russian collusion. They have nothing. Sound like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Nothing. Oh, my precious. My precious Russian collusion. They have nothing. 
Mueller's got Zippo. He needs to stay in business as long as possible. The Geneva hits on this a little bit in the Life, Liberty, and Levin. They need to stay in business as long as possible. And they are running out of angles, Joe. They are running out of crimes to fabricate. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. This is a win-win for Mueller. Either get Trump in there, catch him in a perjury trap and stay in the headlines, or Trump takes you to court, and that's what stays in the headlines. And the bottom line is the front page still is about Russian collusion, not about a potential North Korean peace treaty, tax cuts, nothing else. These Democrats are dogs. I'm talking about the ones on the Hill, not the voters. They are dogs. They know exactly what they're doing. Don't for a second think this isn't tactical. All right, one last thing. I'm going to put an older article in the show notes today. Um, the article is by John Solomon. It's from last year, but it's critical you read it right now. I've been getting a lot of emails on this. Folks, the other day I brought up the fact that the New York Times, I said I'd talk about Lee Smith and it's important. Lee Smith's piece in the tablet mag, which was in yesterday's show notes, which is another critical piece. Um, Lee Smith brings up something fascinating. How... The media, Joe, the media is now again discussing the Russian lawyer who met in Trump Tower, but is rewriting their own history. For those of you who forgot, last, a week ago today, last Friday, right, a story broke, which we covered, broke, and I'm using that term loosely because it didn't break, that the Russian lawyer who met with Don Trump Jr. at the White House, that the Russian lawyer was in fact an informant for the Russians. He, she was a spy. Mm. Now, Joe, you and I have only been reporting this for about a year now, so <laughs> it's not news to us, um, but to the media, it apparently was. Lee Smith has an amazing piece of tablet mag. It's in yesterday's show notes where he says this was done very strategically. The media had an agenda here, Joe. The New York Times already reported on this story. They already said a long time ago that this woman, Veselnitskaya, the lawyer that showed up to meet with Donald Trump's kid at Trump Tower that became the subject of this entire collusion probe. Look, the Russians were trying to give information to Trump Jr. about Hillary. They didn't. They didn't. The reason the New York Times is reporting on this again and these media outlets is because, as Lee Smith points out, Joe, it was their role in reporting mm -hmm. this Russian informant meeting with Don Trump Jr. when they reported on it a while ago, it was their reporting that formed the basis for a lot of these investigations into the Trump team. I'm sorry if that's a bit confusing. Follow the circle of doom here. Leftists, their media buddies, and people in the intelligence and FBI community need to report on the Trump team as colluding with the Russians. Okay. They have nothing. It didn't happen. How did they fabricate the story? Fusion GPS, which is working for Hillary, sends this lawyer, is working with this lawyer. They meet with the lawyer before and after the meeting. The lawyer claims to have information on Hillary. She doesn't. It appears by the research now and by Lee Smith's piece, that that story about the Russian meeting with Donald Trump Jr. was fed to left-leaning media outlets when they still believed there was actual Russian collusion. Huh. 
Why report on it again on Friday, Joe? They have to report on it again because now the media has become the story. Now that the Russian collusion fairy tale has completely fallen apart and they have spent a year of their lives lying to the American public and Lee's piece covers this elegantly. Now that they've been exposed as fakers, as frauds, as the purveyors of the biggest political myth in American history, the Russian collusion story, they have to go back and play stupid. So Friday, what happens? NBC News, breaking news. We just found out she's a Russian spy. You reported on it, you mutts. You reported on it that she was a Russian spy a year ago. That's how this investigation started. You're covering your asses and you know it. You see what I'm doing? Do you sure. get it, Joe? Sure, yeah, I see it. Yeah. The whole thing, the investigation into Trump, which has fallen mm-hmm. apart into collusion that didn't happen, was started by accomplices in the media who are now saying, holy, there's no collusion. We've been reporting on this for a year. Hey, someone go out on Friday and report that this Veselnitskaya was a Russian spy and pretend like it's the first time we're hearing it. Read Lee Smith's piece. It's in yesterday's show notes. It is a tablet mag. He walks, you, 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 there's no other conclusion you can come through after reading the piece that the media was an accomplice in this disaster. One last note on the Solomon piece. I bet you think I forgot. The older piece from the Hill. I want you to read about how that Russian lawyer got into the country to meet with Don Trump Jr. Let me give you a hint. The Justice Department did it under a, quote, extraordinary circumstances, uh, uh, basically visa into the country. Let me read to you the opening paragraph of John Solomon's piece. Sound like a setup? (laughs) The the Russian lawyer who penetrated Donald Trump's inner circle was initially cleared into the U.S. by the Justice Department under, quote, extraordinary circumstances. What was that? Setting up Donald Trump? (laughs) Before she embarked on a lobbying campaign last year that ensnared the president's eldest son, members of Congress, journalists, and State Department officials, according to court and Justice Department documents. Trump team was set up, folks. They were framed. The media played a role in it, the State Department, the Justice Department, and now you're watching them try to rewrite history. Breaking news. She's a Russian spy. We know, knuckleheads. You already reported on it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, folks, I really appreciate you tuning in this week. We had another great week of listenerships. Please subscribe uh, to my show. I really appreciate it. It helps us a lot in the charts, iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeart, SoundCloud, wherever you can uh, wherever you can subscribe. It means a lot to us. We appreciate it. Please check out the show notes as well, Bongino.com. Thanks a lot. I'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.